by Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter. My name is Florence Bélepage. Thank you for listening to our second episode. to Mainz, Germany, where the Third World Congress Against the Sexual Exploitation of Women and Girls took place from April 2nd to 5th. It is organized by CAP International, the Coalition for the Abolition of Prostitution. I have with me Ashani and Sophia, collective members at Vancouver Rape Relief, who attended the Congress. Thank you for joining us, women. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Uh, first, can you tell me what is the World Congress Against the Sexual Exploitation of Women and Girls? The Congress is hosted by the Coalition for the Abolition of Prostitution every two years. Um, it's a public conference as well as a general assembly for the membership organizations. The coalition is made up of about 30 organizations that provide frontline services to women and girls trying to exit prostitution across the globe, who also at the same time advocate for the abolition of the system of prostitution um, in their own countries and advocate that their governments institute um, the Nordic model, which is sometimes also called uh, the equality model. So it was the third edition of the Congress this year. Is there a reason why Germany was chosen to be the hosting city? Yeah, so um, Germany in Germany, prostitution is legal and all aspects of prostitution is legal. So that includes buying sex, pimping and brothel keeping. Um, and while the exact figures are not known, there is estimated that there are about 400,000 women in Germany in prostitution. The frontline workers think it's a lot more than that. And about 1.2 million men buying sex every day. Um, and so the the fact that it's legal in Germany really just fuels the demand for women in that country. And we know that a lot of the women in the brothels are really trafficked from poor European countries. And so the system of prostitution is really normalized there. And so we held it there because we really want to fight back against that and have prostitution be recognized as male violence. And um, it's just going to be an uphill battle, but it's one where we're, we're ready to fight. And so they really are fighting against the idea that sex work is work. And they really want to sort of expose the realities of women in prostitution in Germany. And um, yeah, so that's why that was where it was held this year. And what kind of activities did you participate in um, when you were there? Yeah, so on the first day, um, we joined up with women who had just uh, marched from Strasbourg to Mainz uh, as part of a survivor's march of women who have exited prostitution led by Rosanne Ishe, um, calling for the abolition of prostitution. Um, and we attended two days of public lectures, which included um, important German and feminists like Alice Schwarzer and a lot of uh, survivors of prostitution from different countries, including Sandra Norak and Marie Merklinger from Germany, Rachel Moran from Ireland, Mickey Meiji from South Africa, and Amelia Tiganas from Romania. 
and um and there was a lot of interesting speaks and lectures and one thing that particularly stood out to me was a panel of women's groups in Germany that um are starting to bring um, more of a feminist critique of the system of prostitution and are starting to organize more and more against the the normalized, legalized system of prostitution in Germany. And then, of course, we joined with our other membership organizations in uh, the General Assembly at the end. As members of, of Rape Relief and also as feminists, what would you say you gained from attending this event? Well, firstly, it was just like indescribable to be among so many feminist abolitionists and hearing about the frontline work and the different strategies they're using in their own countries. Um, we spoke with the women from Ireland and France who most recently got the equality model um, in the legislation in their own countries and just hearing about the different challenges they face and the different strategies they use to argue for this legislation um, was just really inspiring. And um, I remember actually Claire from Movement Dominique in her speech, she was just like, listen, if France can do it, like we all can do it. So it was really inspiring to hear that it's not like a battle that's lost. I personally really enjoyed hearing from the different survivors of prostitution um, and hearing about how um, they have developed their critique of the system of prostitution and decided to speak out at great personal cost, which takes a lot of courage to be critical of the system of prostitution. And um, just knowing for myself that even though prostitution can look a bit differently in different countries, that the common denominator is that the most vulnerable women and girls end up in prostitution, be it because of um, poverty or racism. And um, that in order for us to live in a world where women have real equality and real freedom that prostitution can't coexist with those demands and that it does have to be abolished. One of the things that was really interesting about the conference as well, especially when you were listening to the women who've exited give their speaks, is they all sort of um, spoke about the fact that different countries have tried different things to make prostitution safer. And so they've you have in Germany where they have the Protection Act where they're trying to, you know, insist that men wear condoms or um, they've outlawed gangbang, for example. But really, all these different ways don't make women safe. The system itself is exploitative. And really, what would be safe if that this wasn't an option at all? And so it really hearing that from the women who've lived it every day and really stressing that what would work is a world where women had different options. So that was really powerful to hear. And yeah, it's something I really took away. Thank you for sharing uh, with me and our listeners. Um, now we're going to listen to some of the women you interviewed at the event. You asked them about the work that they're doing for the abolition of prostitution, as well as an overview of the prostitution laws in their country. My name is Sarah Benson and the organization is called Ruhama, based in Ireland. So Ruhama has been around for 30 years, 
most of our work is direct frontline work and uh, we're the only NGO working specifically to support women affected by prostitution and sex trafficking in the Republic of Ireland. So we conduct street outreach but most of the women we work with come from the indoor sex trade so we provide uh, kind of one-to-one -one advocacy and support on a whole range of issues. We have an education and development program, work placement program. We support women around their sexual health, physical health, mental health, and a lot of advocacy in relation to um, immigration, you know, whatever they need, really. We aim primarily to be useful, um, housing, social welfare. So every woman will dictate what she needs from us. The legislation in Ireland changed in 2017, so at the moment our laws are where it is uh, an offence for the organisation of prostitution, so pimping, uh, trafficking is illegal. We now have a situation which is great where individuals in prostitution are decriminalised, so uh, an individual who is operating indoors or uh, somebody on the street, uh, they don't face a criminal charge. But what's new in our legislation is that the buyers uh, do now face uh, a charge. So we, what changed in 2017 is uh, some of the offences for soliciting um, uh, from the perspective of the person in prostitution. They were repealed and an offence for buying sex in the indoor environment that was created. My name is Ada Jabour. I'm a co-founder of an organization in Lebanon called Kafa. Kafa means in Arabic enough. Um, it's a women's rights organization and a feminist uh, group working on the issue of violence against women. Uh, we deal with different forms of violence against women, mainly um, domestic violence, um, child sexual abuse, and sexual exploitation and trafficking of women. I'm the head of the Anti-Trafficking and Sexual Exploitation Unit at CAFA and under this unit uh, we, do, um, uh, we provide services to victims of sexual exploitation and prostitution. We run a shelter where we provide uh, not only accommodation but also a holistic uh, support to uh, women in prostitution um, and a time to reflect whether they want to exit and what uh, are their plans uh, for social reintegration. Um, at the same time, we're present in the police station where prostituted women are arrested. So we're, we're there to provide socio-legal counseling uh, and represent them at court if they wish so. Uh, I have to say that Lebanon is a prohibitionist country, which means that uh, women in prostitution are arrested. This is why it's important that we, uh, that we are present in the prison uh, to provide um, legal support. That's on one hand. On the other hand, we do a lot of awareness raising on the topic of prostitution, presenting it as a form of violence against women. This is a, uh, an awareness that, that uh, has to be built in Lebanon yet. So we're, we're, we're working on that uh, and we're trying to establish a baseline and uh, a knowledge about it uh, through conducting research. So in 2014, we published the first research in the Arab world on sex buying on sex buyers and their motives, why they buy sex and how they justify this and how they normalize this. Um, we're now preparing a needs assessment uh, 
for women in prostitution, what are their, their needs and the challenges they face if they want to exit. Uh, this is one way to um, know better what type of exit programs we need to work on in Lebanon. Uh, we also have research legal reviews to pinpoint what are the failures of the policies and the, 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 and the laws and uh, what should be done as reforms. So we have, this, uh, we have prepared this uh, baseline knowledge. What needs to be done on the level of advocacy, advocacy is really to change laws and policies. One, to decriminalize women because we are a prohibitionist country in Lebanon. Uh, so basically women are criminalized but of course not sex buyers. Um, we need to, uh, to uh, adopt the Nordic model and uh, we need to provide assistance to uh, all women in prostitution. My name is Valerie Pelletier, but as an activist, I go by legal tender. Uh, and I'm with CLES, C -L -E -S, which is a consultation of the different fights against sexual exploitation based in Montreal. I'm not an employee there. I'm a, considered a militant there. I get really involved as a volunteer and as a survivor. Personally, it was a decision I made about two years ago uh, to decide to, to be uh, out there with my face, with my name. And the reason why I chose to do it this way is because we need to reduce the shame. And as a, I don't say that all women need, all survivors need to do it the way I do, but those who do choose to go out there, they're doing a great service by reducing the shame. I actually do not believe at all that it's keeping me from finding jobs or anything. The fact that I used to have such a dissociated double life 20 years ago when I was in prostitution that now it's really important to me to have only one life, one Valerie, every, with everyone the same. And so I have not found at all, au contraire, that it's uh, harming me or limiting my ability. So when they say social stigma from prostitution, there is such a thing as stigma, but it is not the, the, the biggest problem when you get out, is not the social stigma. It's the PTSD, it's the poverty that you'll go through it's hard to find the energy to go back to work. It's hard to go to work for a boss who's a man who could very well represent any client. So the real problems of exiting and of rebuilding yourself are not stigma. Stigma is bullshit. It, most people admire me for what I do. So I wish people will... Again, you need to be solid to do this. I've been out for 20 years. But if you're ready to... to be an activist with your face and your name, you're really helping to reduce the shame and to show what it is to be a survivor and to have rebuilt yourself. Obviously, you don't do this when you've just gotten out because you've got your own shame, your own pain to deal with. But if you have enough distance and you're ready to take this on, the movement needs you. And so what are the current prostitution laws in Canada? We do have the right law, but it is not implemented. So we do have what is called a Nordic or abolitionist model, but at the moment the government is not putting uh, money where it needs to be, which is uh, towards uh, training police officers, training uh, clients when they get arrested because they don't get arrested at this point. And they also especially don't put money towards uh, long-term accompaniment for helping women exit uh, durably prostitution. My name is Sherry Jimenez, and the organization is called EVA Center for Education, Vision, and Advocacy. And can you tell us a little bit about your work? 
So I started this back in 2006 as a survivor of prostitution to create a way out for women. And so it took a long time to kind of grow and evolve into what we are doing now. So we are a center. Um, our mission is to, of course, uh, end prostitution through a Nordic-type legislation. And, our, and also we were intended on more organizing than service provisions. We do have a safe home for six, um, no, sorry, nine women and their children. We have a center. We have a core project. Um, so this is what we're doing right now. It's a comprehensive program, but our real, but but tied into sort of the greater mission because we could be doing this forever, mm-hmm. and we want to end this. So, and what are the current prostitution laws in your country, which is the U.S.? Okay, so of course prostitution is still illegal, and different states. I, it's very. I don't know. I'm probably not really versed on this. Different states have different legislation. Mm-hmm. So prostitution is still illegal, although there has been an effort to not rest women in Boston. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And to bring women to us um, and focus more on the demand side of it. So I think, you know, in different jurisdictions in the U.S., we've kind of created, like in Seattle and different places, sort of a somewhat of a Nordic-type legis- you know, legislation. So in Massachusetts, we have a, you know, trafficking legislation that, of course, is written in there about criminalizing the demand, but you have to have the political will to do that. But keep in mind, though, that prostitution still is still illegal in the U.S., except for certain counties in Nevada. Women and girls are not for sale. 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 I'm Claire Kidet. I'm a volunteer member of Mouvement d'Uni. Um, so Mouvement d'Uni is uh, a French NGO that has been involved in, um, in supporting people in prostitution for over 80 years throughout the country and uh, that also does prevention work um, with young um, with students and uh, youth and uh, training for social workers and also um, advocacy and political lobbying. We have uh, adopted in France in 2016 um, a very uh, abolitionist law that uh, provides support and exit programs for women in prostitution or people in prostitution that has totally decriminalized people in prostitution and that prohibits the uh, purchase of sex. So um, for the past three years, sex buyers in France have been fined or um, have had to um, attend awareness courses. My name is Esohe Agatise. Um, I'm the founder and executive director of um, Iroko Onlus, Associazione Iroko, that's the full name in Italian. Um, we provide services to victims of trafficking and of sexual exploitation in Italy, um, but we also support um, women's issues in Nigeria. Most of the people, the women that we provide services to are um, Nigerian women, but we also provide services to women from, East Af- uh, from Eastern Europe, so um, Romanian, Albanian, and a few Russian women. 
uh, we, we have shelters, we have um, support programs to um, find jobs, to find housing, and mm. those kind of um, support issues for, our, uh, for the women that we help. Um, then we also give to some support in Nigeria, for instance. We are involved in um, advocacy work on women's issues. In, in Europe, we do a lot of advocacy work in collaboration with other organizations that we work with, collaborating on issues like uh, abolitionist movement, uh, collaborating on how to get our governments to adopt the Nordic model. Um, Italy, for instance, is a country that um, where we already have a law that one could call the precursor, the basis of the modic model, in the sense that the 1958 Merlin law decriminalized women in prostitution. So prostitution is not a crime in Italy. It is the exploitation of the prostitution of others as a crime. So um, brothels were outlawed in 1958. Um, the, the encouragement to go into prostitution is also considered a crime. So pimping, all of those surround issues around prostitution is a crime. But the sale and buying of prostitution, deep per se, is not a crime. Now, what we are trying to do together with our partners is to upgrade, so to say, that law to ensure that our government can bring in that portion of the law that begins to punish uh, or at least sanction the buyers while also putting in adequate resources to ensure that women who want to exit prostitution are able to do so. So that's what we are trying to work on right now. We also asked the women you just heard to answer to some of the myths around prostitution. That will be a topic of our next episode. Women's Waves is produced in Vancouver, Canada by Vancouver Way Relief and Women's Shelter. You can find our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Mixcloud and our own website, rapereliefshelter.bc.ca. And what you're hearing is our theme song. It's called Sisterhood and it's created by Music Liberatory. Stay tuned for more radical feminist content. <laughs>